Love God and love others. Why are these two theological principles so often stated alongside one another? One of the reasons is the way that Jesus and other Jewish thinkers understood the meaning and purpose of the Mosaic Covenant. What should guide your purpose in life? What should guide your reading of the Torah? Several times in the Gospels, Jesus is questioned not only on individual texts from the Pentateuch, but also on the interpretation of the law as a whole. In Mark 12, several Jewish leaders try to trap Jesus by asking him trick questions about tax payment and marriage customs. Jesus answers their riddles and challenges their starting points. In the midst of this, someone asks Jesus a more central and theological question. Mark writes that one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, Jesus answered, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one, and there is no other one but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. Mark finishes by saying, And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. Here Jesus answers the question, but in an unexpected way. He not only gives one commandment, he provides two. One from Deuteronomy 6, and the other from Leviticus 19. Both of these are also outside of some of the most prominent legal codes, and they both are connected to statements of God's character in their literary context. So, Jesus here uses these two texts as theological principles that together summarize and synthesize the heartbeat of the law as a whole. A Jewish rabbi from the early first century named Hillel answered the same question by saying, That which is hateful to you, do not do to your fellow. That is the entire Torah and the rest is commentary. Now go and study. Jesus combines the command to love one's neighbor with the orienting focus on loving God wholeheartedly. In Matthew's account of Jesus' statement here, he also states that the whole law and the prophets hang or depend upon these two theological commandments. How does love of the God of Israel relate to loving one's neighbor? The book of Ruth tells the story of a young woman who is grafted into the people of Israel in the worship of the one true God. Ruth is a Moabite from the country of one of Israel's ancient enemies. However, through her encounter with her mother-in-law Naomi, she becomes a faithful and virtuous woman who provides for her family and becomes an important part of the messianic lineage of David. Ruth begins by locating its setting in one of the darkest times in Israel's history. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man from Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. Once this family arrives in Moab, though, the man dies and leaves his wife Naomi a widow. After some time, Naomi's two sons die as well, and she decides to return to the land of Israel. The wife of one of her sons, Ruth, decides to accompany her to Israel, pledging her loyalty to Naomi and her God. As she says in verse 16, 
Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Naomi's return causes a stir among the women of the town, but Naomi expresses her sorrow, saying, Do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi, when the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? Through the kindness and integrity of Boaz, the Benjamite landowner and distant relative of Naomi, Ruth and her mother-in-law are able to receive provision in their new home. Boaz eventually redeems Ruth by purchasing her inheritance and marrying her. Ruth and Boaz then conceive and give birth to a son. By the end of the narrative, Naomi's expression of bitterness has turned into an expression of blessing. The hunger and death at the beginning of the story are connected to the provision and new life at the end of the story. As the women of the town exclaim, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a Redeemer, and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. The grandchild on Naomi's lap is further identified by the author. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Ruth then concludes with a ten-generation genealogy of this child. The final word of the book is the name David. While the book of Ruth conveys a clear message about God's providence in general, the mention of David here clearly highlights God's specific providence in fulfilling a specific promise regarding the house and line of David. Positioned in the writings, but with a direct link to the time of Judges, Ruth works to connect groups of biblical texts, profiles of promises, and several biblical theological themes. In Psalm 146, the psalmist connects the affirmation that the God of Israel is the maker of all things to the conviction that the same God also provides and cares for those who are outcast or disadvantaged. The psalmist writes, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all of my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes and human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the way of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Cumulatively, these texts provide a strong ethic for the life of a believer in our own day. Whereas many forces in our culture push us to neglect those around us, to fear those who are foreign to us, and to demean those who are different, these biblical passages push us to strongly affirm that God is to be loved, obeyed, and worshipped with one's whole self, and that we are to keep our eyes trained to see those who are in need. Praise the Lord for His grace.